Okay. Um, so literally I've had this I've had this idea um written down for like since like when did we do our first recording? It must have been like two weeks ago now, right? Yeah. Probably about two weeks ago. Yeah. So I've had this I've had this written down. I you might not be loud enough, here, let me put you closer. Okay, I've had this idea written down since then. Okay. Um, and so, or it's not really an idea. It was just, an, it was just like something I thought about. Um, because we started on talking about it, but we never finished talking about it. Yeah. But what albums have a better back half than front half? Um, They're few and far between. Yeah, I can't think of it. Uh, oh yeah, I hadn't asked for this. Queen 2. Yeah, you did. What? Yeah, Queen 2. Queen 2? Yeah. Queen 2's second side is a lot better than Really? Yeah. What what were the big ones on the se- on the second half? The entire second half is just good. Really? Yeah. Damn. I love early Queen albums that do that thing where like the songs kind of like continue on to each other. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah. I never really got into Queen. In fact, I never got into Queen at all. You know, they're a band that's easily defined by their singles, but you know, when you look into like their actual albums, they're really good. Yeah. But yeah, so cuz so what, this is 11 tracks? So yeah, so from the, fir- from yeah, like, all of these songs are just great. Okay, talk more towards this way. <laughs> Wait, I want to see the track list. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any of them. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I don't know. They're few and far between. I was trying, I was trying hard to think of one for me, and I just, I was really struggling. Maybe like um should I, should I bust out the the Spotify? Yeah, bro, go ahead. Okay. Hold on. Let's go to albums. Not Mayweather Post Pavilion. Oh, you know what? It's it's heavily contested, right? Let's hear it. It's heavily contested. Well, you won't get it. But Abbey Road. Abbey Road, backside, second half, is just a ridiculous... The thing is, the first half is, like, some pretty poppy, mm-hmm. like, great single, uh, singles yeah. songs. They got a lot of energy, a lot of pep to it. And the second half is just, like, this, like, like rock and roll-y... Very smooth, very stylish, like music, mm-hmm. and the back half kind of bangs. Not gonna lie. She came in through the bathroom window. Arguably, my favorite, my favorite Beatles song. Um, you might know how many how many Beatles songs do you know? Uh, not that many. Come together. So, uh, you know what, you, we're going to have to do, like, a introduce you to the Beatles at some point, because this is just absurd. Um, maybe, depending on where the middle is, Sgt. Pepper's, definitely not 22 million. Oh, dude, maybe for Emma forever ago. 
No opinion. I've never. What the money it? store. <laughs> do you want to do a money store comparison? What are you looking at? Huh? I'm what thinking. are you looking at? Oh, okay. Do you want to do a money store comparison? Yeah. Do you want me to just list you which ones are on the front half and which ones are on the back half? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Okay, thirteen. So there's one middle song. Okay, the first, the first six, are Get Got, mm-hmm. The Fever, Lost Boys, Blackjack, Hustle Bones, I've Seen Footage. Okay, what's the second half? So Double Helix is in the middle. Okay. And then the next six are System Blower, The Cage. Punk weight, fuck that, bitch please, mm-hmm. and hacker. I see the second half. I think so too. I like the second half. Even though I don't like punk weight or the cage very much, or even fuck that really, system blower, bitch please, and especially hacker, are really good. The, no, the bit is starting now. We're going to talk about what we just talked about because I want to do a Beatles episode. Alright. Oh, you didn't throw this away. Throw what away? The roach. It's fine. We'll do no, it later. Bring it over there. I know, yeah. Okay, so... Um, Carl and I, after listening to the, the back half of... Um, or most of the back half of Abbey Road, um, listened to some... Uh, Beach Boys, which was pretty good. Yeah, man, the Beach Boys are... Yeah. No, they're pretty good. I'm gonna have to listen to them more later, though. Yeah. I wanna get into the Beatles part first. <laughs> Alright. So, um, what, we skipped through, we skipped through, like, a variety of, of, of various famous Beatles songs. Um, I think we hit, like, Help, When My Guitar Gently Weeps. Damn um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into day of life specifically. Yeah. So I want to talk about it more. I want to talk about what we just talked about. Um, but um, what else did we do? We did a couple other famous ones that were kind of fun. Oh, we did Revolution, mm-hmm. which is a great song. Um, oh, we did we did the Ballad of John and Yoko, which is a fun song. But I didn't talk to you that much about it. Maybe I'll tell you about that one later. We can listen to it again. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I mean, we were really just listening to them, and you were yeah. listing obscure facts of trivia. Yeah, because like I said, man, you know, the Beatles have such, like, a, a lore, like, such a diverse set of stories to them. And it's crazy that that's what it is. Yeah. Like, you were saying that thing about how, like, that doesn't happen anymore, and it kind of links back to your whole yeah. your whole thing on, like, a different different celebrity culture. Yeah. Did we talk about this already? <laughs> Was this all? Did I record it last time? No, no, we didn't actually. Editor's note: We did actually record the part that we thought we didn't record. So uh, here it is. Okay, so we just listened to the last like four or five songs on Abbey Road, and Carl has never listened to it before. Um, okay, so let me finish what I was saying about Her Majesty first. Okay. That last that last like little ditty right there yeah. is um is called Her Majesty. And so basically the story behind it is, um, so, uh, Paul, Paul just recorded that at some point, just like when they were just like in the studio mm-hmm. and, um, when they were making the album, they, they just like scrapped it. Cause like yeah. nobody really cared about it. It wasn't really anything. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the guy, because you know how, in, like, in the old, in, like, the 60s, when they were, I guess, um, oh, no, Abbey Road was 60s. I think it was 69. Um, in the 60s, when they were, like, cutting, like, when they were editing albums together, um, they would, like, use, like, the actual, actual like, reels, yeah. reels, yeah, exactly. So they, like, literally had, like, the pieces. Yeah. And so the guy who was, um, I don't know what they called it, maybe splicing, cutting, editing, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever they called it, the guy who was doing it for Abbey Road, whose name escapes me, um, was like, well, I had never thrown away anything that has ever been recorded, like, they ever recorded before, so I just stuck it at the end. <laughs> and so that's, like, the Beatles didn't even, none of them, none of the four, the knew. Fab Four, knew. They just, he just stuck it on. What did they the think end. of it, though, after? Um, actually, that's a good question. I don't actually know how they thought about it afterwards. Um, I just know that's the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I vaguely remember hearing in the story that maybe John didn't like the bit that much, and that's why it originally got cut out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anything about how they reacted to it being on at the end. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny though. What I was gonna ask is, uh, I mean, yeah. like I was thinking about how like culturally significant the Beatles are, and like yeah. how culturally significant they were, like you know, in in their time. Yeah. Like. So, like, do you think there's any artist right now who has the same, like... Oh, like, celebrity power? Yeah, like, in our... Like, but, like, in our world, like, you know... Um, in our time. I don't know. I think celebrity culture... It's definitely changed. Has and changed it's a lot faster. so much. Yeah, exactly. And less, uh, it's less, like... You should turn the heat down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... I think it's got. I don't think we'll ever have something like that again. No, I don't think so either. I think just the way that pop culture has evolved. Yeah, it's a lot more like fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, exactly. You just put them both at the same time. Huh? You just put them both in at the same time. Uh, not, not the like flavoring, but the, just the. Just the noodles. Just the noodles. Yeah. Okay. I guess. When are we gonna cook the eggs? Though? Huh? When you cook the eggs? You, you cook them in later. And there's a point at which you cook everything together. Yeah. No, I don't think so. All right. Just let that. Um. So it's like an oil. Yeah. It's, oh, it's it's literally like mirroring. Yeah. And then here's some scissors. Okay. But so you put this in the soup too? It's like migoring, but you add like soup. Yeah, but then they, they suggest that you, you mix them together first because then the oils can bind to these. And then pour everything in? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just going to use this bowl then. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, what were we saying? Back to the Beatles. But yeah, like I don't think uh, like mainstream celebrity culture uh, is that centralized enough anymore. No, yeah, definitely. Certainly not. I think with the it ad- had to do with limited information because there was, there was limited information. information. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now that, like, anyone can get famous by just recording, like, songs in their bedroom. Exactly. It leads to, like, you know, more people being famous, but at the same time, like... Less Rockefellers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But is that, I mean, is that a good thing? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. So you pour, you mix it all together. Yeah, like the oil and the... Interesting. So just put both of these in that bowl and then we'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, what were some other fun things about the la- the backside of Abbey Road? Um, I mentioned that 
Um, you like the transitions. We like the, the transitions were good. I was gonna mention that um, that drum solo on um, that drum solo on the end is the only drum solo in in the Beatles discography that you'll find, um, unless they had someone else drumming. Because I think there were some songs where some, it was not Ringo drumming. It was Ringo's only guitar or drum solo um, in the Beatles history because he hated drum solos. But it was one of the last songs they ever recorded. It was the last song I think they ever recorded. Mm-hmm. So, um, he did one. Yeah. Cool stuff. And then you like the transitions a lot. The transitions are super sick. Yeah, I'm a sucker for transitions like that. Bro. Yeah. Pink Floyd. Dude, I got the shirt on! Yeah, bro. Yeah. Pink Floyd tour. 1970. I got the... 1970. Joe there? <laughs> Dude. Joe wishes. I wish. Um, Have you seen uh, Stop Making Sense? No. You know, you know what it is, right? No, I don't know what that is. It's a, like a concert film of the Talking Heads, or Talking Heads. Oh, oh, no oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no the, it's just Talking Heads. Yeah. By the way, you might want to speak closer to the mic. <laughs> anyway, it's by, it's by Talking Heads, and like, it's just a very sick concert film. I think it's a lot better than uh, like the Pink Floyd concert film, where they're like filming in like Pompeii or some shit. Bro... Pompeii? Yeah, bro. Bombay. That shit burned down. Well, Bombay and Pompeii are two different places. <laughs> are they? Yo, wait. <laughs> are they? <laughs> the experts weigh in. Yeah. Um, okay, let me think. Is there anything cooler about Abbey Road that need mention? Did you, do you have any thoughts on it? Well, it's just like you're watching like the death of something. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Especially a, that last, like, song. It's a crazy reflection. It's a great... Yeah, it's like, a great you sit there and you're thinking about, like, yeah. yeah, like, in the span of seven years, like, this band has changed. Like, Boom, and then Her Majesty hits. Yeah, and then you're just like, and that's how it ends. Like, yeah. <laughs> on an accident. Yeah. On, like, some fluke. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's, like, a reflection on how, I guess, fame is, isn't it? It's like a fluke. Galaxy brain moment. <laughs> so, like, it starts and ends with the same thing. Damn. That's some shit. Anyway. Yeah. Well, listen, you want to listen to the rest of it right now? Huh? You want to listen to some other Beatles right now? Well, I want to show you the Beach Boys, dude, because I feel like... They oh, yeah, they we could do that. that. credit. We could do that. Pet Sounds. Is Pet Sounds the Beach Boys or is that yeah, the Beastie Pet Boys? Sounds. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Beastie Boys, Pet yeah, Sounds? Bro. Beastie Boys, Pet Sounds. Yeah, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it got cut off. <clears throat> but, but yeah, so the Beatles and uh, yeah. yeah, so you were saying, well, just mention it. I want to hear. I want to be able to hear it back later. The mention thing about um, differences in celebrity culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, the Beatles were were massively influential not only now but mm-hmm. you know, back in their like contemporary time, right? Yeah. So, you know, to the sixties. Yeah, to the point where you know you have cults being formed and race wars, you know. Trying to trying to start because of the Beatles, like it's well not because of the Beatles, yeah, they were definitely but heavily influenced, influenced yeah, yeah, and so that's helter skelter. You know, it's that it's that wait, wait. central. I got I gotta clarify for the listeners. Yeah, that's that is helter skelter by Charles Manson or not by Charles Manson. Charles Manson listened to helter skelter um, by the Beatles um, when he was in prison. He listened to a lot of Beatles. He just really liked helter skelter. Um, and I think that was like the title of his like his like grand like idea for like the race for war, the race right? War. Yeah, it was like helter skelter. Anyway, continue. 
And so, you know, it's that centralization of, like, fame and celebrity culture that we just don't have anymore, right? Because, you know, you do have, like, you know, big mainstream, like, promoted stars, like, you know, Lady Gaga or, like, you know, Bradley Cooper or any, anybody in, in A Star is Born, really. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, you know, there's, a, there's really just this, like, new discovery through, like, you know, the internet of just, like, a, like a D, DIY kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have, like, independent artists uh, just, like, moving up in the world and just... I mean, they were always there. It's just... Yeah. Like, they can just be so widespread now besides, like, a, a subset of listeners. Mm-hmm. Globalization. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, George Soros, right? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, do we have an, or will we ever have someone with the same impact or an artist with the same amount of impact as the Beatles in, like, in being that much of yeah. a cultural force? Because I think, like, you know it's just being spread too thin like it's not as centralized as before because of you know information yeah yeah i guess like there's like a i don't i don't believe it but i guess you could maybe make like an argument towards like um like uh corporatism and like the formation of like large conglomerates Mm -hmm. um taking like such a dominant like having such a dominant position in the media uh, landscape that they could create they could like forcibly create a character that large yeah you know what i mean but the thing is like i mean but i don't know if that would be beneficial to the corporations either mm-hmm. like i don't know if that would be acting in their economic best interest or whatever whatever principles a corporation mm-hmm. um abides by in their decision making probably economics right i mean yeah like like can you, can you clarify a little bit like so what exactly like would the be whole against? thing yeah oh yeah i don't know I don't know that the creation of a singular, uh-huh. like, dominant celebrity figure uh-huh. um, in the media landscape would actually be um, beneficial to, like, the corporation's accumulation of capital, you know? And I mean, it, it would be. It would be? Yeah. It's like but do you know for sure that that's, like... Because I was saying, like, do, do corporations... What, what Do corporations act on what how do they act on how do they make decisions is it based on the principles of economics i guess right yeah is there like corporate economics well is that just all economics is i don't know i don't know anything about economics economic principles are are like you know it's like the law of supply and demand and shit like that where yeah you know like you make rational generally we assume people to make rational decisions yeah so, these are the, so if this is the case then you know, here's a rational decision but do corporations act like that or just consumers well of course corporations act like that because it's okay. like you know it's again rational decision making like okay. like the firms like incent- the firms whole thing is to make profit so uh-huh. therefore they act they have to act and they price their goods in a way that gets them profit yeah and we, we hold this like assumption to be true yeah. Unless, you know, it's a non-profit. But, like, we hold still. these truths to be self-evident. But, yeah, like... Yeah, no, a corporation... A corporation definitely... Acts on... Yeah, acts on... Economic, economic principles. principles. yeah. So that's how they do decision-making. Well, then I was yeah. saying... Um, how... Can you be certain that the creation of one large celebrity figure that is just completely dominates the global media... Or the global media landscape is better for a corporation's profit margins than multiple smaller figures yeah it is why because like it's it's the difference between like well in terms of like purely political decision making like it's better because it's like you know there's just one dude 
less like less it's just like there's less, less decisions less, yeah there's less yeah. less decisions it's less complicated yeah okay also like you yeah. know it's like a monopoly in a way you're causing a monopoly in like the entertainment industry right i guess that's true because even, yeah even though like you know you could splinter it splinter it up again you still yeah. have to pay them yeah right yeah so you're, you're cutting your margins thinner yeah but then like if you have like one like huge figure like the beatles and like you, you have them on their your contract like yeah, and, that, and then suddenly, because like you know, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Yeah, because again, like remember, supply. Because pay doesn't pay doesn't necessarily scale yeah. with. Um, yeah, and supply yeah. is limited. Like you, there's only one of that band. Yeah. And then as they get popular, the demand for them increases, increasingly. Yeah, so it's like, price and quantity both go up. Yeah. And people are more willing to pay. And people would like want to pay. There for, like, more Beatles stuff. So Economics, like, baby. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess based off of, like, supply and demand, right? It's just like... Yeah. All right, well, there it is. Um, Jeff. Jeffrey Bezos. Been on it. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Who else? Uh, Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett, yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, like... You know, in, in in the presence of, like, a lot of, like, you know, the, the blooming of bedroom pop, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you know, the, you're, it, I guess... In, in yeah, that's a good one, actually. Things. Bedroom pop is a good one. Is in, that the principles of bedroom pop? In terms of, like, pure economics, like, think about what you're doing. Like, you're basically, you're, you're causing competition. Yeah. Which is good. Because the thing is, like, you know, I, I, and, wait, purely on an economic standpoint, right? It, if you have a mop... Causing mop, competition is good for the consumer, right? It's good for the consumer because, yeah. like... The, the like, worst get weeded out. Yeah, okay. And yeah, then the, well, the best rise to the top. Capital. But, yeah, like... <laughs> so, if there's, like, a lot of indie artists, then it's, like, wow, like, you know... People, uh... They're not necessarily, like, like competing in the traditional sense of, like, I'm, like, fuck you, I got mine. Yeah. But, like, they're just, like, you know... People have such a wide range of options to choose to listen to. Yeah. And then they'll just, like, you know, get attached to, like, a few... Yeah. There. But yeah, it's it's good, like, you know, and it also encourages others to do the same thing and get on. Yeah. Well damn. Yeah, there it I is. I mean it's it's good, man. Like, you know, I think the the creation of art is a good thing. Yeah, well dude, yeah, having one like can you imagine like having just one like global celebrity? That's like some big brother shit, dude. Yeah. That's terrifying. That's so scary. Yeah. No thank you. Yeah. Yeah, imagine having that much, like, cultural power to, like, influence policy. Cultural capital. Just by, like, writing a song. Yeah. You can do that in Civ, actually. Can you really? Yeah, so at, at, like, one point in the game, like, you can buy rock bands with using faith. And this is how you get a cultural victory. Because how a cultural victory works is, like, you need to get, like, every, every civilization has its own set of domestic tourists. Which okay. are like people staying in the country and like is this, is this a holy mechanic for six? Huh? This is a holy. No, mechanic? Uh, it was in. It was in, it was five. in five. Yeah, I've never seen. Is it DLC? Yeah. Oh, I didn't have the DLC. But yeah, it's like tourism, and it's like you want to protect your tourists by like you know generating tourism, generating like things like cultural things. Mm-hmm. But you want to take other people's tourists away from them by you know doing the same thing like producing great works of art, making wonders, things like that to boost your tourism. And so you can buy like a rock band and have them do and like ship them off to like another like sit and do like a concert there. It's the British and, invasion. Yeah, and it generates tourism for you. 
That's crazy. So it allows you to like directly like back direct, in the USSR, bro. Yeah, it lets you like direct tourism, and it's like pretty crazy because like the thing is like when they perform, they have a fifty percent chance of breaking up, and you just lose them as a unit. Dang, dude. Yeah, so it's like it's crazy. Wow, Tejas are high. Yeah, and then like their popularity is based off of like their album sales. That's so cool. And it's like, yeah, and you get to name them too. Do they come with? The, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna go into that. Do they? Cause like you have to name like the things you can't even like. They force you to name the unit. Oh, okay. Which is pretty sick. Like it's like yeah, like they, you can't like let them do their action, like perform a tour. Yeah. Unless like you they have know, a name. Unless they've been named, yeah. That's so it's cool. Pretty crazy. Um. Oh, so it's a unit you produce. It's not like a great. It's not like a great. No, it's a unit you produce. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do they have a great version of it? No. No. There's yeah. no like great rock. There's no like well, rock there's, legend. Great musicians. Oh, it's great like, musicians. Great musicians, all they do is, like, you just walk them over to, like, a place that can store, like, recordings. Yeah. And then just have them produce, like, great work. Yeah. And then great works give tourism. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, shit is lit, bro. Shit is lit, bro. It's crazy. I right, get, get on that Civ 6 grind. You should have gotten it while it was free, man, but... Man. Uh, oopsies. Anyway, so back to the Beatles, man. Like... Yeah. It's crazy, though, how, like, you know, didn't they start in, like, 1960? 60 to 67 like they I know they only they were only were active for seven years and yet they made that much of an impact um in that case it must have been 62 to 69 okay because I'm like pretty certain Abbey Road came out in 69 okay can you imagine growing up in the 60s okay but here's the thing see I'm, I'm being a bad Beatles fan right now because I know that there's something swapped about the last two albums um which are um um, Abbey Road and um, oh my gosh, what is the one? It's one with uh, uh, Get Back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember if Abbey Road came out as the last album. I think what happened here. I can't. It's super easy. I can just Google it right now. Um, let's see, Beatles albums. Oh, okay, that's what it's called. Yeah, Let It Be. So I can't remember. I believe what happened, because it's called the Get Back Recordings. Um, I believe what happened is Abbey Road was the last album that they ever recorded, but it was the second to last album to come out. They they released Let It Be after um, Abbey Road, but Abbey Road got recorded last. So it's it's really their last album. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, what was the whole point of that whole thing? <laughs> uh, oh, you wanted to talk about how they were act- only active for yeah, seven years. Then it was time. 1963 to 1970. Because Let It Be came out in 1970. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Can you yeah. imagine growing up in the 60s, man? Like, it's crazy. You know, Absolutely insane. Being like, especially being like a teenager. Yeah. Because what I, what I realized is like, you know, we think of the 60s as like, oh, you know, 1962 and then like, okay, something happened in 1968. That's not too far. Because historically it's not. Yeah. But then think about it. Imagine like being 14 in 1962. Yeah. And then like, you know, four years later, 1966, you get shipped off to Vietnam. Like, isn't that pretty crazy? Yeah. <laughs> that like is being crazy. That, being 14 in 1966. Yeah. And in 1970 being shipped being... off to Vietnam or... Like, you know, have, like, having already experienced, like, you know, 1968. Yeah. Where, like, you know, a bunch of shit happened. Yeah. Damn. That is crazy. Yeah, like, it was a wild time. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, 
you know, we look back on it like, like you know, with like not really rose-colored glasses, but just kind of a sense of awe. But do you think people? The sixties. Yeah. But do you think yeah. when people look back? Do you think people will look back on like um, the early two thousands and like that kind of way? Oh. Like from two thousand to two thousand ten, like. Well, like, definitely post like I mean like, you know, already two thousand eight to like two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, or in the, are like very prominent in the history books, right? Yeah. Because of the fucking financial recession. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the early 2000s too, with like the Gulf Wars and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. You know, U.S. neocolonialism. Even the 2010s, though. The 2010s are pretty. Yeah, man. Even fucking 2014 on, uh, with Yemen. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're sitting here 2020. And it's still happening. Yeah, middle, we're in the middle of 2020. We're halfway through it. Yeah, man. It's been a ride. Yeah. Yeah. First coronavirus, then we started a podcast. Wait, before coronavirus. Yeah, dude. Coronavirus, and we started a podcast. Yeah, we're truly living in the timeline where the gamers win, man. Yeah. The last piece of the puzzle, the last, like... The last piece of Exodia, bro, is, like, fucking... It's Cyberpunk 2077 coming out, bro. Then the gamers win. It's true. It's the checkmate, man. It's the darkest timeline. Yeah. We're living in it. Hey, you want to cut the bit? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> right, hopefully that's not too loud. It actually probably is. So let me roll up the windows real quick. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so as you we were saying, we were talking about the, the best the best performances. And, um, oh, fuck, dude. I keep hitting the curve. Well, that's just a fact of life. Um, we we're talking about the best um, performances in the five bloods. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, what was your list? So, I mean, I think the first on everybody's list should be yeah. Delroy Lindo is Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he killed it. But yeah, Paul Otis. I mean, I really like the, how like they were foils to each other because like you know Otis was like you know constantly the one suggesting like, uh, like hey like go to this like thing like do that hey like chill out right. Yeah. But at the same time, like you know, he's got the the opioid thing going on that's kind of suggested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which is which is like a counterpoint. Yeah, right. I like it. It was very like they didn't like go like into a whole lot of detail like depth with that storyline. Yeah. And I'm kind of actually glad for it. Mm-hmm. I I think that the kind of surface level, yeah, like kind of like shadowy hintings at it. Yeah. Because he's so because he's high functioning. Yeah. Um, I think it's better. I am O. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I think I am H O. I mean, I think that actually ties to like I remember reading somewhere that like yeah, there was a big heroin epidemic uh-huh. amongst like you know soldiers in Vietnam. Yeah, I believe it. And I think that you know that. that well, I thought it was uh, because of the morphine probably, and then yeah. that leads to heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's like a really interesting addiction study done on it, but I won't get into detail on that. Okay. But yeah, like it's it's a you know it could be a callback to that even, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so definitely, uh, what are we talking about? No, and then, we're talking about then Otis. because you. Paul Otis. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, and then also, I was gonna say, like, but we also said that, um, the other Bloods, old, older performances by the Bloods members were kind of, like, forgettable. Yeah. They weren't that great. Yeah. Eddie really only existed to die. Yeah. And also, like, kind of, like, the whole, in my opinion, like, the whole. Like the a lot of the old scenes were the worst in the movie, like by far. Yeah, like the flashbacks. 
No, 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 no. The flashbacks were the best parts. Uh-huh. I, the, a lot of the, the, the modern day scenes were oh, the worst yeah. in the movie, like, by far. They, like, dragged the movie down pretty heavily. Like I said, the, I didn't like the ending, the, the, the whole battle. battle. Yeah. yeah. But some of the scenes really made up for it. There were some really great ones. Um, and the intro is incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back, and we're going to rewatch it when we get back. All right. It's so good. Um, oh, and then we were going to say, but you missed out on um, Norm. Norm, yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Is Chadwick Boseman, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Chadwick Boseman. You know, it's crazy. Chadwick Boseman's like, I think in his he's 40s. Old. Yeah, he's, he's old. old. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But dude, he killed it. He was incredible. Yeah, but he doesn't really get that much speaking time. No, and I think it's better for it. Because you, you see, like, his, like... He's a he's his such legacy. a hero, yeah. yeah. It's his legacy. It's his like defining moments. Yeah, that's true. And it's crazy. He's like a GI Joe. A black GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Were there any? There must have been a black GI Joe. I don't know the GI yeah, Joe. There, there for sure well. was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so okay. Paul Otis. Norm David. Um, Hetty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like Hetty's performance a lot. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, she's pretty good. Wait, who 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 were you who were you saying before? What do you mean? Who did you say after Norm? Okay. Paul Otis. Yeah. Norm. Paul Otis. Norm. David. David. Oh yeah, yeah. David was good. Yeah. Well, David had some kind of fucking shitty scenes though. Like I didn't like his scene with Hetty at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, where he's just like you know hitting on her. No, the the one at the end when they're in the temple. Oh. Yeah, I remember being like, oh, this is, like, dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just wasn't... I don't know. I didn't like it. I wasn't into it. What do you think about the... Okay, how about the Vietnamese? What do you think about the Vietnamese? The Can v- we really accurately mean? judge if, if we don't understand the language? What, what do you mean? How The performances of the Vietnamese actors. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like what do you think about Vin? Vin was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, Vin was tight. Dude, Vin was, like, by far, like, the most, like, positive... Like, the he was the most, like, law... Or not law... I guess he was, like... He was like, what is he like? Chaotic good, neutral good. He's neutral good. Yeah, he's neutral good. Yeah, because he's yeah. he was like inclined. He's to not help lawful, him. and he's not. Yeah, he's chaotic. not actively yeah. pursuing it. He's just like, oh and shit, like my it. friends. Yeah, okay, hold on. This might get loud. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm okay, thank you though. Oh, actually, wait, I'm sorry, could I actually? Yeah, thank you. They have pizza. Thank you so much. Okay, cool, thank you. They have pizza me. What is it? They have pizza me, bro. Oh, they have pizza you? No, you have pizza them. Oh, thank you. Thanks, have a good night. Thank you, you too. Come on, take this, take this. Alright. Why does my car no, say? No, we did. We did. Why does my car say that it is a hundred degrees out? <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. So on my way up here. Yeah. Um. I was listening. I was listening to a True Anon podcast. Okay. You um. True Anon, I guess. Yeah. Um. And it was they were interviewing this guy, 
um, whose name escapes me. I think it's like Nick Blevins or something like that. Yeah. He's a journalist, um, and he's talking. And he he wrote a book um, called The Jakarta Method, and it um, it basically talks about this. Um, dude, I don't know. Do we want to get political on this? Yeah. Okay. All right. It's our podcast, man. We can do what we want. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm in charge. And I get to edit this shit. Yeah. So I can spin it up and cut it up. Um, anyway. <clears throat> See, but now I gotta... I don't want to get the facts wrong. I don't want to get the facts wrong for, uh... For all our... For our, all our, uh... Our loyal fans at home. Listening to it. Uh, Truly. Um, yeah, okay, okay, because the reason I read the reason that I brought this up is because, um, it, um, has to do with Brazil, and, um, so basically what it is, is, um, it talks about this, this guy, Nick, let me, let me pull out his name now, because I, I have the, I have the thing opened, oh, it's Vince, it's Vincent Bevins, Vincent Bevins, Vince Bevins. So this guy, Nick, uh, Vince Bevins, I keep saying Nick, um, talks about how in, um, 1965, the, uh, U.S. government, um, backed a, like, Indonesian government, or government, or not government, military, like, mass murder of, like, a million communists in Indonesia. Okay. Right? And it was, like, super, like... It, it was there was there was a lot of like nuance to the plan. It like really paralyzed the communist movement in Indonesia, which up until that point had been like one of like the most successful um, democratic socialist countries in like the the developing world. Yeah. Right. But then they just got like the the communist movement just completely shut down after this. I mean, first off, they killed a million you know, a million communists as a, as a, a lot of people, obviously. Um, but like, it just destroyed the communist movement in the country that had been super strong up to that point. Um, but the thing that is crazy about it, that, that this Vince Blevins guy, um, like started to put the pieces together is that this program, this, like, this, like, this, a strategy almost of like, this like syst- like this systematic mass murder yeah. of um, you know co- communists or even like socialists, right? Um, was exported to these other um, countries like in Latin America. They had like Brazil and Chile. Yeah. Both specifically like cite this like this this like strategy almost. They call it like Jakarta. Um, in when they when they talk about it in documents, and it's just a cr- it's absolutely crazy. Like nobody talks about this, but like it could just completely. Well, you know why nobody talks about it? Yeah, because you know we're we're ruled by like a capitalist elite that you know we don't want to hear. <laughs> they don't want us to like know about it. Yeah, um, I mean, something interesting to think about, right? Is like uh, you can. You, you can kind of understand, like, the Cold War United States' strategy from, like, the work of, like, Edward Bernays in his book Propaganda. Uh-huh. Um, Edward Bernays is, like, this, like, salesman or something. But anyway, he was, like, the one who, like, kind of... 
He was a mastermind behind the whole like United Food Company thing. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And like you know, I read somewhere that like yeah, like a lot of the United States is like foreign policy goals and stuff. Uh-huh. Especially when the Cold War comes from his work and like how like you know they systematically take over these countries and like you know do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Um, on a similar similar note, um, there's a Russian author. I forgot his name. Author, mm-hmm. political dude. Um, but he made a book called The Foundations of Geopolitics, mm-hmm. which is actually like you know a similar document where it outlines Russia's um, strategy to kind of destabilize the world and come out on top as the sole superpower. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things like they wanted to do was like con- like make make the UK mm-hmm. drop out from the European Union. Okay. And another one is like instill like race race based uh. like. Uh, um, I don't want the word trouble, I guess. Dude. In the U.S. and also, like, kind of divide the country. Ah, uh, man. And what is this? This is, like, some, like... This isn't a conspiracy theory. Like, you can look it up. You yes. can look it up? Yeah, it's the foundations of geopolitics. Interesting. Yeah, okay. like, I think, like, every... I'll check it out, because that's some... That, that, that's, like, a weird talking point. Like, this whole, like... I don't know, like, the Russia controlling U.S. government. I don't know. I mean... Yeah, Alexander Dugan. Alexander Dugan. Yeah, published in 1997. It's, uh, it has been used as a textbook in the Academy of the General Staff of the Russian Military. So in their oh, military shit. academy. Damn. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, well, it's pretty yeah. crazy stuff like uh, to think about. No, it really is. Yeah, 100%. What? You good? Yeah, make a left. Make a left? Yeah. Down here? Yeah. Okay. Um, but you, yeah, you gotta walk on the other side of me. I don't want to switch hands. My phone is in. Okay. Um... Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. Interesting stuff. Dude, it's... But at the same time, like, look, you know, I feel like you can really only devote so much of your time to activism to the point where, you know, you don't want to set yourself... Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. You don't want to self-immolate. Ah, you know. It's always good to be, you know, but I I I think that... You see, I, I was thinking about this earlier, actually. Um... Where, like, you're much more of a, like, realist. Yeah. Whereas I'm, like, more of an idealist. Yeah. And, I like, I don't know. I think I think it would be great to, to dedicate your life to a, to a nobler cause. I mean, I think so, too. But at the same time, like, you know, you gotta make sure you got time for yourself. Like, it... I mean, but if you enjoy it, you know, if you, if, like, and, you know, because some people do. They, like, they think it's a truly noble goal. And, like, I, I, I think if more people were aware of the opportunity to do this... Mm-hmm through like some you know rise in class consciousness or something yeah um i think a lot more people would have be like super interested in doing something like this yeah and would dedicate himself to like a cause like that breaking out of like a typical uh you know career that's a good point yeah that's a good point yeah like 100 percent. that's the thing like the I, it, in like it's hard in my mind to separate uh you know being being a realist yeah. From, like, you know, <laughs> capitalist brainwashing. <laughs> what do you, you know? mean by that? Like, why why do we need to... Why, why What's stopping you from, you know, going and doing some, like, humanitarian shit in some country somewhere? Why is that life any more any less fulfilling... Is that life less enjoyable than a life lived, you know, in, in California? I mean... In comfort? It's really all up to personal... Yeah, that's opinion, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, yeah. That's why I'm saying I just wish more people were aware of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. Let's not stop from a rant. <laughs> Let's do it.
<laughs> yeah. All right, should we cut the bit? Yeah.